listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. God in heaven, we want to receive a word from you today that will change our lives forever. That's why we came here, Lord God. The barbecue is going to be great. We're looking forward to filling our belly. But more importantly, Lord, we want to fill our spirit. So fill us today as we open up your word and we partake of this delicious message that you have prepared for us today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can we all say amen? Amen, amen, amen. All right. So if you've been with us, last week uh, we were in Philippians chapter 4. We've been going through the book of Philippians all summer long. We've been breaking it down. We've been digging into it, dissecting it, and really spending time in this book that is called the book of joy. Everybody say joy. Joy is necessary, and in the world that we're living in today with so much negativity, so much conflict, so many people criticizing and and tearing people down, so much hate happening, we need joy. How many would agree with me on that one? We need some joy. I've been turning the news off this summer and turning on God's word, and it's been filling me with joy. I feel so much better because most of the news out there is not good news. We got into chapter four and we looked at the four steps to how to combat worry. If you weren't here last week, I just wanted to throw this on the screen. You might want to take your phone out there and take a quick screenshot of this because God gave us the techniques on how to combat worry. And worry is something that everybody struggles with. Even little kids going into kindergarten this year are a little worried, a little anxious about what school's gonna be like. See, we all deal with it. And God gave us four simple ways to combat worry. And it starts with prayer, and then tell God all the things you have need for, thank God for all that he has done, and think on all the blessings that he has done in your life. Think on these things, the Bible says. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, go to our podcast, go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and simply type in Refinery Church and you'll find our our Refinery logo up there. Click on the podcast and you can listen to all of our past messages. Uh, Craig does an incredible job of getting all of our stuff out there via video as well as via podcast. Can we tell Craig and our media team how much we appreciate them while I'm saying this? serving every single week. And of course, in this day and age, we need to make sure that we're posting things on YouTube. We're posting on on Instagram. We're posting places where you're connecting. And so we do that through our podcasts. Um, Worry is a joy thief. It steals our joy. But God gives instructions on how to combat it and how to protect it. Now we're going to continue today on route number four through this journey of Philippians. We're going to continue in chapter four. I mentioned last week that uh, the fourth chapter of Philippians actually has some of my all-time favorite verses. You know, you go through the Bible and you go, what's your life verse? Or what's an all-time favorite? Philippians has some of, Philippians chapter four has some of my all-time favorites. And as a matter of fact, I had prepared a message for this week, specifically for this week. And Thursday and Friday, God began to say, no, 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 I want you to, I want you to focus in on one area. So I put away my notes. I said, okay, Lord, I'll share that at another time. And I just began to hear from the Lord and begin to jot down the things that God was speaking on a very, very specific verse 
Because these verses in chapter 4 have been verses that I have memorized over the 35 years that I've been walking with Jesus. I purposely memorized a number of these verses so that the Holy Spirit could bring them back to my memory when I'm facing challenges, when I'm facing difficulties, when I'm having to face decisions. I need a well that the Holy Spirit can draw from and say, hey, Kelly, this is what I say. And so that's why I memorize some of these verses. That's why memorization is so important. When we face disappointments, when we face challenges, God's Holy Spirit needs a well to draw from to remind you what he said, to give you strength. And one of those verses is one of my all-time favorites. And it might be one of yours if you've been following Jesus for a while. You've probably heard it before. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Take a look on the screen. Here's what it says. And I'm going to ask everybody to read it together out loud. Your best voice. Kind of sit up. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Now, I memorized that in the New King James Version. And the New King James Version says, For I can do all things. Everybody say all things. All. Not some things, not a few things, not just the easy things. God says, I can do all things. And this translation says, I can do everything. I grab this verse because for me, this verse is like a B12 shot, it's like, it's like a morning vitamin. It gives me what I need. It gives my spirit what I need. It gives me the boost that I need when I'm feeling weak. When I'm feeling that I'm facing the impossible. And I don't think I can do it. So I want to pull over on this road trip that we've been on. And I want to turn off the car. And I want to get out the car. And I want to camp out on just this one verse today. Is that okay with you guys? I want to break this down. I want, to, I want this to be a life verse for you. I want you to be able to say, I can do it. When you're facing the impossible, when you're facing overwhelming odds, I can do it. Listen, there are so many voices in this world right now who are saying, you can't do it. You're too short. You're too tall. You're too big. You're too small. You're not good looking enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough education. You're overeducated. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough status. You can't do it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The world seems to be full of more critiques or critics than coaches. More negative than positive. And it's driving me crazy because that's not the God I serve. The God I serve is the God of the possible, not the impossible. Isn't that right? He's the God of the possible. I was reminded as I drove by uh, on, I think it was uh, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, I was driving down uh, Lambert over here right next to Brea Junior High School. And how many guys remember junior high as being a very awkward time in your life? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I saw families getting their books and getting their class schedules, making their way. I drove into the drive-through over there, coffee bean and tea leaf, and there were a bunch of junior hires and moms and dads there. They're trying to carry the books. Matter of fact, it was so funny because this is junior high. I saw one really tall kid, probably about the size of Wes over here, carrying his book. It looked like a little handbook. The same book was in another junior high boy that was about this tall, and it looked like a giant book in front with him. Junior high, you know, it's just crazy. It's a crazy, crazy time. I prayed for those kids. I prayed for the moms and dads because junior high is a challenging time. It's one of the most difficult times in life, right? Hormones are happening. Physical changes are happening. Social changes are happening. Self-conscious emotions are happening. Incessant teasing happens in junior high. My wife told me a story one time when she went to junior high. It was the worst time because she was real little. I mean, she was like five foot nothing. She weighed like 75 pounds. I mean, she was a little, little person. And she said the first day of junior high, man, she was blown away with how mean the girls were. Teasing her. I've talked with a lot of people that say those were the hardest years. Why? Because you feel like you just can't do it. Just can't measure up. You just can't accomplish. Those were difficult years for me as well. Those were probably the most difficult years. Uh, but there was a coach. There was a football coach that helped me get through those years. Because he was an encouragement. When others were tearing me down, he was building me up. I would, I would, I went and I played flag football in junior high so that I could prepare for high school. And when I was playing flag football, there was something about this coach. He would say, man, fellows can catch anything. And he'd say it real loud so all the other kids could hear it. He goes, man, fellows can catch anything. Tell you what, that made me feel so good. Now, I couldn't catch anything. But I tell you, I started to believe I could, and I actually was able to start catching anything that they threw near me. And then he'd say, man, fellows, you run like the wind. I was feeling, I can remember feeling down going to school, being self-conscious about how tall and skinny I was. And I can remember getting out there on the flag football field and hearing the coach say, man, fellows, you run like the wind. Now suddenly I felt good about myself. And I didn't. Now, matter of fact, I was running in the high desert. So if you're saying you run like the wind in the high desert, that's a big deal. <laughs> right? I mean, because the wind blows up there. That was a compliment that I ran like the wind. And I'll tell you what, just because of that coach, I started to feel that I can do it. And I did. I continued to play football in junior high. And then when I got into high school, I got to play full contact football, went all state CIF here in California as a split end wide receiver. And I've got a picture of me catching a ball, it looked like it was not gonna be caught and I pulled it down and I give credit to the man who said that I can. That coach who said, you can. Listen, Philippians chapter four, we're hearing coach Paul say to us, you can. He understands that the voices of discouragement and situations cause suffering in your life. That you struggle and that you face overwhelming, sometimes impossible situations. He understands that because he did too. 
But he still says, I can do. I can do. Look what he says in verses 11 and 12. They kind of lead up to the I can do. Let's uh, take a look at Philippians chapter 4, beginning of verse 11. Here's what he says. He says, I've learned how to be content. Everybody say content. content. Not excited, not thrilled. Content. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach, try tip, or with empty. I've learned how to live with plenty and with little. See, Paul, before he even says, for I can do all things through Christ, he acknowledges, I've had a lot and I've had none. And I've learned the secret on how to deal with this. He's talking about the secret of being content. He's talking about the secret of having joy when there's little or when there's a lot. And he reveals this secret in verse 13 by starting with the word for. Everybody say for. for. See, he says all these things. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For. Now he's saying, now what I'm about to say, for all this, here's the secret. Here's the secret. All this for is the connector. Four is connecting the outcome of the content of living with the method on how he finds comfort, confidence, contentment, and joy. Four, I can do everything. Why? How? Through Christ who gives me strength. Like Paul, sometimes we experience abundance, right? Thank you, God. And those are good times, right? We look forward to those times. We're happy about those times. Other times we're in great need. But unlike Paul, most of the time me and others tend to rejoice in the abundance. Thank you, God. And then when we face the needs, where are you, God? Isn't that right? Oh, God. We murmur. Because the tendency is for us to enjoy the blessings while it lasts, and then we get discouraged when we face suffering, when we face difficulty, we get discouraged. Do you know God can work greater in the difficulties than he can in the abundance? The abundance is good, but character, competency is built in the difficulty. That's why Paul says, I rejoice in all things because God is doing a work. When in need, many folks lose their belief in the God of possibilities. Like a roller coaster up and down. I'm a faithful follower of Jesus. Thank you, God. And when we hit difficulties, oh man, is God even there? Does God even care? We begin to doubt. And eventually, we question God, his love, and his ability 
to bring us out of the situation. See, Paul realized, whether up or down, God will strengthen me to get through it, to grow through it. My desire for you, for Refinery Congregation, for the community of Brea and beyond, every follower of Jesus Christ, is that you would anchor your faith in Jesus and hook it into him so that no matter what comes, good or bad, rich or poor, you are solid and you've learned how to be content and how to have joy even in the midst of it all. God will strengthen you to do what seems impossible. See, because we need to have faith in the God of possibilities. Faith in the God of possibilities. Here's what it says in Ephesians. Paul wrote this too while he was in prison. Not only did he write a letter to the church in Philippi, he also wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus. And he said these words in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, God is able. Matter of fact, we need to say this out loud. You need to hear yourself saying this. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Paul's saying the same thing to the church in Ephesus that he said in Philippians. He says it a little different. To the church in Philippi, he says, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. Here to the church in Ephesus, he says, God's able to do far beyond what you can think or imagine. How? According to his power that's at work in you. You got to remember this. You are not working in your own power. And Paul writes these words. And how does he do it? How can we do it? Very simply, three ways that you can do. Uh, if you're a note taker, I want you to write that down there. Write, open your journal and write three ways I can do. Three ways I can do. And it's exactly what Paul did. Three ways I can do. First, number one, Paul acknowledged the source of his power. That he wasn't doing it in his own strength. He acknowledges the source of his power. Philippians 4.13, Christ is the one who gives me strength. Ephesians uh, 3.20, it's the power of God at work in me. Right? Those are the two things we just read. Here's another one. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. Y'all need to hear this. When you say yes to Jesus and you ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, the power of the living God is dwelling inside of you. When you make Jesus your Lord, you are empowered, you got to hear this, by God. We're not talking the power of Apple. We're not talking the power of Tesla or anything else man-made. We're talking the power of God supercharges your spirit. Through his power. Listen, who is it? Through his power, he created the universe. He spoke everything into existence. What we do now with creation, we're just figuring out all that he did and applying. He's the one that created it. That's the spirit that dwells in you. 
Through his power, he formed you. He knit you together. He put you together in your mommy's belly. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. God did that. My, my daughter, Rachel, USC graduate, graduate, fight on. My daughter, Rachel, works in, she's a mechanical engineer. She works in the robotics industry. And I'm asking Rachel all the time, I'm telling her, Rachel, how far along are our robots coming? Is there a day when robots are going to take over the world like Terminator or like some of these other, are they going to become the new being? And she says, well, dad, if it does happen, if it does happen, is a long way off because my robots are dumb. <laughs> I go, what do you mean? She goes, they can't do anything on their own. We have to program them. She goes on to say the human mind, the human body, we're trying, still trying to figure it out and try to replicate it. And we're hundreds of years away from even getting close to trying to replicate it. God knit you together in your mother's womb. He puts you together, makes it possible for you to eat, to take energy from food. I could go on and on and on about this, how incredible it is. God did it and his spirit is in you. There's a beautiful story about called the spark of life. And it's somewhere around four to six weeks when a baby is developing inside his or her mommy's belly. And doctors will tell you there's something that happens and the heart of that baby starts to beat. Scientists to this day can, do not know how and when exactly it starts to beat. They call it the spark of life. Well, I know the answer. God. God. The spirit of the living God starts that little heart beating. The power of God is incredible. And that spirit of God dwells in you. Same power of God was able to destroy the consequences of sin by going onto a cross and dying and shedding his blood so that we could be saved. Through his power, God can save you for eternity from hell. God is all powerful and there is nothing that can compare to his power. And check it out. That power dwells in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. Come on. You got to remind yourself that God's power gives you strength. Secondly, secondly, take a look. I hope, I hope your faith is being built because that's what I wanted to do today. Number two is exactly that. Paul makes a faith declaration. He makes a faith declaration. What he's saying there in Philippians 4.13 is a declaration, a spoken word of faith. Remember Paul's situation. We talked about it at the beginning of summer. The guy's in prison. He's chained to a Roman guard. He can't travel. He can't preach the gospel. He's stuck in one place. His situation looks dire. As a matter of fact, he has probably been told, oh, you're going to go stand before the Roman governors and you will be executed for what you've been doing. So in the natural, seems impossible. Seems like he is not going to have any influence. But what does he do? What does he say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know there was some Roman probably looking at him going, you crazy, you can't do nothing, man. You're chained to me. You can't go nowhere. Go ahead, go ahead and try to run. Go ahead and try to run. Boom. 
You can't go nowhere. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I got you trapped right here. But Paul makes a faith statement. No, no, no. You may have me chained here. But see, the God who strengthens me can do far beyond what you think or what you can imagine. And God did. Paul went on to influence all of humanity. To this day, we are still benefiting from his words. But his faith said something different. When those around him might be saying, oh no, man, you can't. What did he say? I can. I can. I can. He was echoing the words of Jesus Christ, the one who saved his soul. Because when Jesus was here on earth, the words that he said to his followers was, you can do far beyond what I've even done. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus gave an example. When he was facing what was seemingly an impossible situation, Mark chapter 9, a father brings his child to Jesus. This child been hurting himself, cutting himself, throwing himself into all sorts of situations where he was going to die. He's facing certain persecution, possession. And when he asked Jesus, Jesus, if you can, will you heal him? Impossible situation. Impossible. And Jesus responds in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. He says these words. Take a look. What do you mean if... I can't. Jesus asked, anything is possible, not for him. He says, anything is possible if a person believes. Jesus' words were to encourage us, you can. Later on, Paul would say, you can. And today, you need to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, because faith is the key. To overcome the impossible requires an unshakable trust in faith in God. The person with faith sees the impossible as possible. A person with faith holds on to God's ways. Even when man's ways say to do something different, no, I'm going to hold on to God's ways because I trust God to be true. Oh, but the world says do this. I'm going to do what God says to do. That's faith. We humans tend to put our hope and our confidence in our stuff, in our strength. Huh. I think uh, COVID was proof. We don't know a whole lot about healthcare like we thought we did, right? We're still figuring it out. We put our hope and trust in our limited strength, in our limited money and resources, in our limited knowledge. But when we put our faith and our trust in the God of the universe. We have unlimited strength. We have unlimited resources, unlimited knowledge and wisdom. Mm, I hope that builds you up because we all need to grow in our faith. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. There's a, there's a chapter in one of the books of the New Testament. The book is called Hebrews, and the chapter is chapter 11. This week... Go and spend some time, just read chapter 11 of Hebrews. 
It's called the faith chapter. It defines faith, and then it gives you examples of men and women who, in the face of impossibles, trusted in the God of possible. When they were facing situations, I can't. In faith, they said, I can. And then it jumps over to chapter 12 and says, now that you're surrounded by so many witnesses, now you run. You operate in the same kind of faith. Take time this week to read chapter 11 of Hebrews so that your faith will grow. Third and lastly, take a look at this, because I know you're getting hungry. Every time they open that back door, I smell the tri-tip. <laughs> Thirdly, Paul exercised perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. Mm, we don't like that one. Oh, yeah, Pastor Kelly, I like faith. Faith is good. Let's talk more about faith. I like that faith declaration. Uh, I, I like that power stuff. Oh, perseverance? Urgh. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Jared, I loved his message. He talked about there in uh, Philippians chapter 3. He talked about that we hadn't reached the goal yet, right? Paul hadn't reached the goal, but he wasn't going to give up even if it hurt, right? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, take a look. I'm going to put it on the screen real quick. He's, uh, Paul says, I press on to reach the end of the race. Everybody say, end of the race. End of the race. Pastor Jared showed a video of people that didn't press on, and they got blown away, right? I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus, is calling us. There's a Greek word that is used to give us those words in English, I press on. The Greek word is dioko, dioko, D-I-O-K-O. And that can be translated into the English word persevere. I persevere to reach the end of the race. Can also be translated to stick to it, right? Don't give up. Keep going. Press on. Persevere. I believe and I've taught my kids this. I believe the difference between the winners and the losers, those who succeed and those who don't go anywhere, is perseverance. I've talked to CEOs. I've talked to leaders. And I'll talk to them, what's your secret sauce? What's the difference? How could you succeed? And over and over and over again, the running thread I hear is this perseverance. When things get hard, I keep going. Walt Disney, obviously famous here in Orange County. Many of us are influenced by Walt Disney to this day. Even if you're driving down the five at firework time and the traffic backs up, you're influenced by Walt Disney. We've all been influenced by him one way or another living here in Orange County. His famous phrase, the thing that he was most famous for saying was, keep moving forward. He faced difficulties. He faced hard times. He had people coming against him. He had people saying, a theme park out there in an orange grove in Orange County? It'll never work. Keep moving forward. Persevere. Persevere. I believe the difference between those who overcome the impossible and those who are overcome by the impossible, perseverance. Perseverance. The one who perseveres overcomes the impossible. Uh, I want to talk back to the junior high days. 
comedians call this a callback. I'm going back to my junior high days again. Back in my junior high days, not only did I enjoy playing flag football, but I also ran track. Tall, skinny, legs that could really move really, really fast. And um, I was fast. And it was actually one of the confidence boosters for me in junior high. It was actually the thing that kind of kept me going in my confidence because I could outrun anybody at my school. I was the fastest one at my school. I'm very proud of that. I even have a little trophy that says I am the fastest kid at school. Now, to this day, and there's many of you in here that could probably outrun me. Those days have long gone. But back then, I was fast. The 50 meter and the 100 meter. Anything over 100 meters, man, my gas just went out. I was not those skinny, long-distance runners that can go on and on and on and on and on. No, man, I would explode for 50 meters. I could go 100 meters, and I was done. Well, one day we were at a track meet, and I guess the, the cleanup runner on the 1,600-meter relay, do you hear how much that is? How, many, how much could I run? 100. This was a 1,600-meter relay. That meant four people had to run 400 meters each. It's a long race. Well, I guess the cleanup, the, the person, the last one that is supposed to explode and run really fast for 400 meters didn't show up. So the coach says, fellows, you're in. I'm like... What? How long is it? It's 400. You just, all you got to run is 400 meters. Only 400 meters. I'm used to boom, go, done. 400 meters. You can do it. Fellows, you run like the wind. Oh, that's right. I can run like the wind. I can run like the wind. And so I'm waiting on the last one, right? And they, boom, first one goes 400 meters. Second one goes 400 meters. Third one goes 400 meters. Now it's my turn. I'm waiting to get the baton. And I start to run. I can't run too fast yet because the other person got to catch me. I get the baton. Boom. I explode. Man, I ran like the wind. I begin to pass and I took the lead all the way out there. One time around the, 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 what is that thing called? Track. <laughs> Been a long time. One time around the track, man, I exploded. I was good. I was there. But something happened after 100 meters. My body's saying, you done. You done. And, and the way it said that I was done was some pain came right inside my rib. I think I broke my rib from running. At least that's what it felt like. Man, this pain. Oh, man. And then suddenly it felt like somebody shot me in the butt. I got this cramp right in my butt. And man, I'm going like this, and I'm going like this, and I'm going like this, and I'm still trying to run, and now people are starting to pass me, right? Now I'm halfway through. I've only ran 200 meters. I got 200 more meters to go. My lungs are on fire. Body's saying, quit. You're done. I would love to tell you that this is a great story of perseverance. <laughs> that I suddenly overcame the pain and I exploded and I beat everybody. No, no. I'm running, grabbing my side. I'm grabbing my butt and as I grab my butt, I trip on my foot. I roll into the infield and I'm in so much pain. My lungs are on fire and my body's saying, just lay there and I did. Finally get up. Oh, 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 oh. 
somebody feel sorry for me. Oh, 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 I can run like the wind. Oh, oh. I make it past the finish line. Coach who said I could run like the wind, shaking his head. Then he looked at me and goes, well, that was my fault, fellows. You're a 100-meter guy. I put you in a 400-meter race. And then he said, but you shouldn't have given up. Oh, man. I feel that today. I'm 50 years old. I was 13. I still feel those words. I shouldn't have given up. See, perseverance is going even when it's hard. I remember that experience. And you know what? It motivates me to this day. I appreciate the coach's words. Because to this day, now when I face a painful situation, when I face a disappointment, when I feel like I just can't make it, I remember, don't give up. I can. I can. I want to run all the way through. Tatiana, Elijah, come on up. This one verse, this one verse of chapter four is power packed. It is a supercharged nitro multivitamin that if you take it every day, it will fill your soul and remind you that God's power is within you when you say yes to Jesus. Have faith. Don't give up. You can. I, I want us to do like Paul. And I put it up here on the screen so there's no excuse. But you need to hear yourself say these words. You need to convince yourself that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing God's word. That's how we develop our faith. And the way I do that is I speak God's word out loud so that I hear myself saying it, and it builds my faith. It's this beautiful mechanism that I was taught by my pastor, Jerry Dearman, years ago. Speaking God's word gets into my ears, and it builds my spirit. And so I speak God's word, it gets into my ears, and it builds my spirit, and it builds my faith. You can listen to God's word on your apps. You can read God's word and get it into your eyeballs. But it's that word coming out that builds your faith. You need some faith being built today because some of you are facing some impossible situations. I mean, look at our economy today. Good grief. My wife came home from the store. She says, see these cherries, this little basket of cherries? I go, yeah. She goes, these were 12 stinking dollars. I go, that's like a dollar a cherry. Let's cut them really small and savor every bite. That's a quarter. That's a quarter. It's tough. We're facing unprecedented times economically. Socially, America's screwed up. And it's not just America. You look around the world, there's pain, there's hate, there's anger, there's discord. Oh, we need our faith built. You need to know that God is for you and not against you. That he wants to see you thrive. He wants to see you grow through this. So I want all of us together today. Let's do this. Let's say this together. Ready? Begin. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to say it again. Come on, one more time. One, two, three. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One more time, a third time. Ready, begin. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you face the impossible, when the voices are coming at you saying, you can't, you don't measure up, you need to speak out this word of God and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. Come on. You need your faith bill. We need it. Every day. You may need to do it in the shower. Maybe you're embarrassed. You don't want your family. Close the shower. Close the door. Get in there. Talk to the shower head. I can do all things through Christ. Get it out there. Say it. I'm not talking about positive thinking. Positive thinking is good. It helps. I'm talking about a trust and a faith in the God of the universe who saved your soul when you said yes to him and wants to empower you to do the impossible. Amen? Amen. One more time, and then we're going to pray. One, two, three. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God in heaven, I can do all things because you strengthen me. Nehemiah said it was the joy of the Lord that gave me strength. And so, Lord God, this this series on joy is more than just a good feel-good message. It is the strength I need to face the impossible. Strengthen every man and woman in this room. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.